This episode of PBE Podcast is with David Campbell. He has served 15 years in the military and holds a master's degree in leadership studies with an emphasis as a leadership specialist. Three, two, one, let's go! Dude, the 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 energy in the room. Do you feel the energy in the room, Skippo? I don't know There's why we don't do that in the beginning of the show. Oh, you, we need to. <laughs> we need to. But this I like, mic. I like to capture that that moment that this is it. Are you kidding me? And we just did. We just did. There was a lot of energy in this show. There was a lot of information. There was a lot of learning about all of ourselves. Learning about oh my gosh. I didn't get a chance to say this at the outset, so I want to say it at the the, the back end. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I I greatly appreciate you guys taking the time out, and moreover, congratulations on PB Podcast. I mean, Thanks, I was I feel like I was in the background. You were watching you were. this thing from from you birth, and you boy, you guys have come so far and done so much and provided a platform, a, a space in the podcast world that has been untapped, untouched and needed a voice, right? And and you guys are the face and the voice of that. So I appreciate what you guys are doing, and I definitely appreciate you having me on the show. Right on, Skippo. Let's go. We just keep doing what we do. Do That's it. That's it. And the energy. (laughs) Make it a living out of living. Make it a living out. We got a serpentosphere. (laughs) (laughs) It does get weird sometimes in the serpentosphere. It does. I can see how it would. It just has a mind of its own, man. Yeah. You become part of it. Yeah, you become part of the wavelength, and you just roll, and it's it's just going with the colors <laughs> and the sounds. There's a hat now, yeah. dude. So you say you've been in the background, but we've been doing basically conception drill down and completion segments. That's right throughout the show. Throughout the show because of your comment mm-hmm. back in 2019. Yeah, oh, you know you what? I appreciate lit- that. You literally brought that up. You said, "Man, just break it up." You know, segments. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. gave me an example of a podcast you heard. That's right. And I'm like, man, you know, me and Skippo put our heads together and we're like, it's oil and gas, you know, yeah. conception. You, you get the idea, but we're going to drill over here. Well, yeah. now you got to drill, drill down. It. You know yeah. why? Drill down into it. And then completion. You got to put a completion away completion. to get the, the resources out. That's right. right. Extract it. And we just started doing it, dude. And it's great because it, it keeps your listeners knowing you know what what to expect the expectation there's some there's some normality and formality now i know this is a, a quite a different show right than, yeah. than than a normal construct and than normally who you have on but every listener that tunes in they know this is how we're going to start yep this is how it's going to be the middle and that level of expectation it, there's a comfortability there right yeah mm-hmm. and it breaks it up it breaks it up for yep. your guests right so that they can have things in a clear yep. cohesive again formulaic manner and uh, it's but man, you guys are putting together some great shows. The live shows are awesome. Appreciate it. All the attention you guys get at the live <laughs> shows, they want to know what you know. You you see the videos that people are just coming by, going, "What is what this? Is it? What is this?" Yeah, they're coming. They want to be a part of it. This guy's mustache. Look yeah. at the mustache, right? Mustache. Well, we've been riding that dude, and it's worked out really well. Like you said, it, it puts out the people that we have on these guests. They kind of think about it, and they come to the show. It makes for better shows. They're more prepared to yeah. like kind of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been good, man. The the last feedback I got was it's kind of like it's it's a little awkward to them that we record the intro at the end of the show. So we talk about it in past tense because mm-hmm. we go, hey, what dropped out of the show for you today? 
and you're like, you know what? I, I thought about leadership a little bit more. You know, like we talk about what dropped out. Right, right. And they're like, that's kind of awkward. You know, usually podcasts, you're like, you, it feels like you're live with them. Mm-hmm. But don't get don't get fooled. That's not live. Yeah, you're not watching yeah. a live podcast. No, you know how no. much editing could be going on oh in between gosh, the all the ums and pauses uh, yeah. and transitions. Got to be a ton. You literally, just change a camera angle, and you could have you could have skipped an hour of talking, <sighs> and you're going right into the next segment. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you think that it was all trans? No, no. no. It took mm-hmm. hours for them to get there, and some creator is putting that all together, and you're you know you're listening to that information. So for me, that's why I like to do the intro and what kind of came out and I put it in the front. We do the three, two, one high energy. And then we talk about kind of what dropped out for the show. And then we give them the show. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I yeah. think that works. No, I think that absolutely works. Yeah. 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 And I, people are going to have their own opinions and sure. whomever said that, I think that's valuable feedback. Yeah. doesn't mean you need to go with it. Right. Sure, but it's yeah. like, Hey, yeah. this is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. I think your guys's format uh, is great. Yeah. And I think the questions that you ask, right. I think a big separation of, Average to below average podcasts and great podcasts are the questions that are asked. It's not the guests, although it is. Sure. It's not the host, but it's the host's ability to ask thoughtful, thought-provoking right. in-depth questions. And mm-hmm. you guys ask some really good questions. Po- to me, a podcast is only as good as the questions that are being asked mm-hmm. of the guest. And yeah. you guys are asking really good questions. Right on. Some some of the questions are a bit challenging. Like I mean, like challenging foundational beliefs of the guests yeah. but that's good yeah. though right yeah shake yeah. it up yep yep it reminds me of a quote like, of uh or what'd you say skip oh no i was gonna say yeah you don't want a podcast where it's just like hey how was your day good like and just you you, you like when you introduce like you said that conflict not necessarily conflict but just like a challenge right how is this person going to respond and like now we can actually really dig into their beliefs right because if we just keep it surface level like an interview you'd see on you know, like the the news, then it's there's you're not gaining anything from that. You're not no, learning. There's, right. there's not a lot of value with that. Right. Yeah. There's not a lot of value to a viewer. You can challenge people's beliefs without yeah. being antagonistic, right? But you can challenge it. That's say, right. Why That's do you right. think you know, Why do you think that way? Yeah. And uh, I just saw a, a quote. It says, "If if you know, just because you're offended or you're like you're reacting in like a." You know, hold on. No, you're wrong. You know, I'm right in this. And you have that conversation. It doesn't mean that you're right. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Just because you're offended or just because it rose you up and you feel that you need to rise up and say, hold on, that's not right. You know, it's this way. This is the way to do it. Right. That's not, it's it's not right or wrong, dude. We're just talking about that. We're both going to progress with a better definition after this conversation. Like, yeah come through with that and and we i think we do a good job with that with guests because we do we have a very disruptive you know uh, ideology on on the models that we use right to explore for resources on earth and so our questions come from different places and different ways and they're like i, n- I haven't heard that you know they're kind of put off by that because it's a, a whole new way to think it's just yeah. unfamiliar yeah it's unfamiliar and then it feels like we're challenging the, the status quo when it's like, hold on, you know, it's the, it's literally the same thing as it, we're we're in the pursuit of truth, right? That's all it is, right? It's yeah, it, it's like we it's it might be uncomfortable to get there, but we're just trying to find the next step towards that answer, right? Whatever, yeah, whatever, you know, whoever we're talking to. Oh, that was good. You <laughs> summed it up. You summed it up. Uh, all right, so let's go around the horn, man. What dropped out for you, Skips? I know you got to go. I'd say the biggest things that dropped out for me is, I mean, obviously your thesis like phenomenal, like that, that conversation will, it not only applies to oil and gas, but every professional industry, 
and every individual who listens to this podcast, like there's a life lesson to be taken away from those four key traits that make a good leader, as well as those two principles that you, you talked about. Cause I mean, foundationally, right? Like, and I think the one that hit me the most was when you were talking about compassion, right? And compassion doesn't mean coddling or likability. Compassion is like, sometimes it's hard, but going in depth on those four traits, but specifically that one, that's where that's going to be my biggest takeaway from the show. I like that you touched on the kind of the technical side, because I'm going more like the philosophical side. When we brought up this positive and negative energy thing, I got trapped in like, step back. You have the ability to create positivity. You can create that create it, you know, put it out there, either with the voice and energy that you're using, you're creating a positive message and physical particles that are positive, that are being absorbed by the people around you. And you are physically affecting the room and it's electromagnetism, it's negativity or it's positivity. You can do that. Or you're just sending it out. And the person that's listening to the passion and that charisma that you're giving them, they're recycling, they're transducing all that energy that you're, you're just putting into chaos with your voice and your energy. Yeah. They're transducing it into positivity either way. Whatever that is, whatever physics lies on, if that's you know, whatever one is doing, you have the ability to make an impact every day, every moment, right? And so phil- philosophically from this the podcast, I got that, you know what I mean? Just yeah. send out positive vibes, man. So important. Always be, glasses always half full, right? There's there's always something to be learned. There's always a lesson, lesson in there and some way to improve not only yourself, but the people around you. Right. Have the emotional discipline to go, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm negative. That was a negative result. I wasn't planning for that. It did. It was negative, but it's not going to affect you. It's not going to drown you in that. Right. Just take a step back, have the emotional discipline, the mental discipline to say, you know what? Hold on. Let's switch it back to positive and let's keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? What about you, Day Day? Tio Day Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, putting it in terms of geology, you know, and in terms of that energy, that's, that's completely mind blowing to me. I mean, I never think about, I'm a, linear thinker, right? I'm an inside the box thinker. Uh, and so, uh, this is a lot different for me. Um, and so that dropped out for me. I mean, this was, this was speaking that out loud and hearing, hearing it, you know, I've, I've talked about my thesis in other realms, but they've been largely military. And so hearing it, uh, that it resonates with individuals with whom have no association with the military is, is nice. It's validating, right? Because, you know, we don't want to be caught in an echo chamber and just think like, right. yeah, this is good. This is great. This is great. You know? And so I, I, I like to be challenged and I understand that there's no perfect equation. Again, you could pick any number of a thousand traits and a thousand principles, but you know, I thought that whittling it down, but comparing it to actual physical energy is great because, you know, I've always kind of held that belief but I've never, I've never really thought of it in the terms of like an actual, an actual like tangible yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. This episode of PBE Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Geolog. Geolog offers cost-effective lab quality quantitative real-time formation evaluation and reservoir characterization solutions to improve well placement, production forecasting and optimizing of completions. They even have a service that can monitor bitware while drilling. I've actually utilized their services while drilling wells in the Permian Basin, and we were highly impressed with the data acquisition process and the quality of the interpretations. These guys at Geolog are passionate about the data they collect each day at every well site. They've been doing it for 40 years. 
They are passionate about drill cuttings, passionate about mud gas data, passionate about what the data means and how the data can add value to an asset. They probably collect the most amount of drill cuttings and mud gas data globally each day of any privately owned surface mud logging company. Geolog always employ a consistent quantitative analytical methodology, whether on the well site or back at the lab. So data collected at one well can be compared in another well. We'll be doing a podcast with Dr. Guy Oliver, Geolog's Director of Energy Transition and Data Science, who will be talking more about what Geolog does and diving more into the types of data they collect. This episode is brought to you by Atlas. Atlas is the Permian Basin's leading maintenance and repair service center. We provide full-service bumper-to-bumper maintenance, repair, and diagnostics for all makes and models of the most in-demand cars, trucks, and SUVs. We also provide the same full-service solutions to keep your fleet running and 100% DOT compliant. Our pump division also provides the industry with the shortest turnaround times, keeping your transfer and injection pumps in the field where they belong. Our technicians and staff are eager to work with you and are willing to do what you need when you need it. Parts, service, and a desire to exceed your expectations are what set us apart from the rest. Call Atlas today at 432-245-5858 or visit us at www.atlas-ustx.com. Dude, yeah, this show, yeah, like like we were just talking about, dude, growing up with this guy. And and this dude's incredible, Skippo, as you know. As you know. So we're going to discuss leadership in this podcast. And the point is to be aware that when you're being interviewed, are you being interviewed by a leader? Are you being interviewed by somebody that's leading a company to actual success? Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're not going to tell you how much money they're making. They're not going to tell you how they make money. That's not in the interview process. What's in the interview process is this guy's you know, ability to read somebody yeah. and say, you know, are you going to be, be a fit? Are you going to help my company? Mm-hmm. Are you, you going to succeed? Asset, right. Yep. You're going to add. You're going to add to the values here. You're not going to take away. So, as a master's thesis in leadership, dude, and you're interviewing somebody, you know, what kind of things are you looking for? Mm. If I'm interviewing somebody yep. for a position, develop I, your business. Yeah, to yep. to come on board and be a part of my company. Certain things that I want are, um, are they a self-starter, right? So are they going to have to be told to do everything or are they going to be able to take the initiative and, and find the work themselves? Uh, are, they, are they industrious? Are they a hard worker? There's no sacrifice. Uh, I, uh, there's no replacement for hard work. Bare bones, hard work. At the end of the day, every industry needs individuals from the bottom to the top that are just going to come and work hard. Right. Yep. Um, and that to me, like that rings a bell of like, you know, when you're, you know, like, I, I don't feel that great today. Not a big deal. You know, I'm going to call in and say, I'm working from home. Don't feel that great today. You know, you're missing out by having that and not having the, the work ethic, maybe to say, you know what, I can, I can put up with this. I can, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'll go into the office. I don't feel like I'm going to get other people sick. Right. And you do that because you're working with them. You're live in person with them. You're looking eye to eye in the meetings. You're you're working on the project. You know, in person is there's a lot of power there. There's energy there. There's energy in that. Absolutely. And with that, I think third and finally, just right off the bat, is um a, a positive mental attitude. So uh 
save the best for last, everything goes out the window if you don't have a positive mental attitude. And here's the undeniable truth about attitudes, good, bad, or indifferent. They're contagious, okay? Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> whatever you're bringing to the office, whatever you're bringing to the team that day is going to be contagious by your counterparts, okay? And if you're coming in and you're fired up, okay, and it's not like this uh, fake motivation, right? right? But yeah. you're generally hungry and you're um, – <laughs> into what you're doing and right. you believe in the mission, you believe in the team and the individuals with whom you work, then your counterpart that may have had a bad day or he was up all night with a newborn or whatever the Ooh. case may be, he comes in and all of a sudden he's feeling mm. just a lot better. He doesn't know why, but it's because attitudes are contagious, right? And so the opposite is exactly true, just as true. You come in and you're that individual that always sees the dark cloud in every silver lining, if you will, it, it, you're going to drag down that whole team. And so I want somebody on the team that's going to come in fired up. Now, that's not to say that every day is going to be a good day. 365 days a year, you're going to have days at home or you're going to have oh, yeah. days at work that are going to be rough. But yeah. on the aggregate, is your attitude positive? Are you a glass yeah. half full individual? Those are the guys that I want on the yeah. team, not the opposite. You so got to get rid of the opposite. And being able to come into work and say, hey, there's a mountain to climb, but there's a lot of opportunity here, right? Not in regards to, oh man, there's a mountain to climb. I'm going to go bury my head in, you know, at my desk or in my phone and just get through the day kind of a mentality. Yeah. I, I think look at you two, right? So you guys are, uh, Similar in a lot of ways and dissimilar in a lot of ways. I think you complement each other. But one thing you guys are on the same wavelength with is your attitudes. Okay. PBE podcast and your guys' individual and joint ventures wouldn't just take everything out of the equation except this. Wouldn't be as successful as it is now or as they are now if you guys have had a negative mental attitude about it. And so both of you coming in every day and saying, hey, we're going to get after this. Yep. If one of you wasn't like that, especially you guys are a team of two. So that's like, that's, I mean, you guys are just, just two, right? I know there's A-Train, but I mean like the face of PBE. If one of you wasn't on that wavelength, it would, it would never work. Yeah, that's true. No, dude, T-Roy, man. Both of you yeah. guys. Legendary. Take two, right? Oh, Skipbo's legendary. That mustache is legendary. That mustache <laughs> well, brings that mustache them out a positive that. mental <laughs> It does. Every time. It does. It does. <laughs> Gets people ready to go. You you can never shave the mustache because it is literally what brings the yeah, positive, positive attitude, attitude to everywhere like very you go. questionable looks. But yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was good. Yeah. That was good. I think I, I got, I certainly got a lot from that. And I would, I would actually argue that, uh, you know, the negative has a much bigger ripple effect than the positive. The positive, you know, you're optimistic yeah. and maybe you're delusionally optimistic and you're trying to make it work because you just believe so much and you're so happy. If you're if you're not that, then you're 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 not developing the 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 real organic like conversations that happen with people is is when you're kind of talking about what you do, right? For an example, like I'm working on this project and then just because you mentioned it, the person across the room, unbeknownst to you, says, oh, I know exactly how to do that. I know exactly what you're working on. I have that data. 
Right. And, and you're like, what? You know, whoa. Yeah. So if you have a negative, yeah. you miss that because you don't even talk, right? You're just, you just kind of stay away from everybody or they stay away from you. You're just kind of, yeah, right? You don't even have those conversations for that company that day to run more efficiently. Just that, that right there. And which is creating relationship. I Absolutely. trust that, right? I, and bang, you know, so I think the, the negative has a bigger ripple effect because of that. You don't even have conversations. You're not even talking to people and, and you know, f- having these little epiphanies together. And even if you were, I completely agree. And even if you were as a, as a negative mental attitude individual, you're never going to open yourself up to mm-hmm. creative solutions to problems, right? Look at, look at what, look at what PB podcast has, has done for the oil and gas game, right? And the complex problems that you're trying to solve. And the long-standing held ideological beliefs about oil and gas that you're trying to flip on its head. You would never be open to solving those problems if you didn't have a positive mental attitude. That unlocks chambers in your mind that says, Mm. okay, I'm going to look at this problem set from a different perspective. And then when you're, like you said, Troy, when you're around other individuals that are like that, they're speaking up and you, but you have the mentality that, no, I think we can solve this, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that takes that takes people who are open, enthusiastic, mm-hmm. optimistic about solving it together or, uh, you know, uh, as 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 part of a whole. But you would never even you would never even have that outlook if you if you had a negative. Mental so I got a question for you, David. So in regards to being a leader, right, you come into work and you see someone with a negative attitude. Right. And it's and like you said, it's 365 days a year. It's bound to happen eventually. What do you do as a leader to change their perspective, right? Like what can you, what is your, like as that natural born leader, what is your role in taking that negative attitude and turning it into that glasses half full, right? So you can have that positive day. Yeah, that's and great. You yeah, fire fire. And you can't fire them. You can't fire them. Fire is not an option. No, nor, <laughs> nor would I want to unless it was a, Unless it was a problem that was, yeah, you know, like they just, yeah, and it was a long running problem. So, uh, awesome question. So here's what I do. First of all, I call it on the floor immediately, right? So I don't uh, beat around the bush. If I have a marine, or if I if I have a coworker that's having a an off day, mm. and you know what their baseline is, I immediately call it on the floor. So I'll bring them in. I'll bring them in my office, and I'll say, "Hey, Skips, what's what's going on?" And once we get past the whole, I'm the boss, they don't want to let me know what's going on because they don't want to, you know, bring their prop. Say, hey, just what I'll tell you what I'm seeing is this. I know your baseline and I know that today something's going on. So, so let me know what it is because here's the deal. I care for two reasons. One, I care because I want to know what's going on with you. And secondly, I care because we got to rid the environment of this negative energy. So what's going on? And when you when you just put it there from a place of compassion yeah. uh, and 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 actual general caring for the individual, they open right up, yeah. and they let you know, hey, this is what's this is what's happening with yeah. me, and it could be small, it could be big. <clears throat> you take the time out of your day to sit with them one on one, give them the advice or the acknowledgement that you hear what's going on. A lot of times, they just want to be heard. And say this right. is this is what's happening with me, and you're you're listening. You're not just hearing them, but you're listening to them. Yeah. Right. And then before you 
walk out the door, it's like, okay, so I know we're not going to go from zero back to a hundred, but do, do we feel, you know, do we feel yeah. better about things? All right, then let's get after it. And I'll tell you just something that simple, yeah. uh, is super impactful. Identifying it right away, right away. Right. You, you walk, I walk in the office and I'm like, okay, let's talk. Cause I, I just know by the way that you're interacting with your, your coworkers, you're off today. I hear you. I know, I right. know your normal energy. That's right. So come on in. And as I'm, you know, starting my own day and getting a coffee or whatever the case may be saying, so, so what's up? And there's always the initial wall. Oh, n- nothing. You know, I'm good. I'm good. It's like, I'm not going to have that because uh, I feel like for myself personally, I'm like more contagious for other people's attitude than the general. I, everybody it's, is susceptible to it, but I think I'm like very susceptible to other people's attitudes. Mm. And so somebody that's in my workspace and in my immediate environment, if they're way down, I could come in on high like I've won the lottery, which is try to, how I try to come in every day. And then I'll be way drugged down. So a lot of it is for self-preservation. I mean, wow. it is the actual yeah. legit caring about. Right. But you're kind of getting into the motivator yeah. part of this. What's yeah. the motivator? Yeah. Motivators. Yeah. I don't want you sucking the fucking energy out of me. Well, man. that's what it is, right? It, one, it's the, that's why I said it's the one of it's selfish, but the, the, the yeah. part that's not is, hey, I, I generally want to know, I want to know actually right. what's like you, going you're, on you're because we got to work past that. You're be empathetic in these conversations, right? Like you're trying to like, allow the person to confide in you but at the same time you got to be like hey i'm not going to let you mess up my day like i still I, I still have my job to do i still like it's not selfish though right because it's if you get drugged down then the rest of the team gets drugged down right in helping this individual so it they do they do yeah wow. so i think we have to address it and oh, that's yeah. that's hard yeah. right yeah. confrontation people have problems with confrontation because it's big time it's yeah. uh you know, it's uncomfortable, but I think as yeah. uh, soon as you bring somebody in, and maybe you guys have experienced this uh, either on the receiving end or the giving end, but as soon as you bring somebody in and you put whatever's on the table, hey, I have to talk to you about your constant showing up late. We got to talk about this. You put it out there. That's the awkward, like kind of like, ooh, yeah. now they know what they're being brought in for. And then you and then you deal with it, right? You're not, yeah. you're level-headed. Yeah. You're calm. Yeah. But, so tell me yeah. what's really going on. But you're addressing yeah, the issue, right? confrontation is of any kind yeah. can be uncomfortable but, it, like you said, but it's, it's necessary the approach to that confrontation right you're not bringing them in and like why the hell are you always late right why and then all of a sudden now you're in this aggressive environment where it's like now that wall is even up more and you're like he's like f you and he walks out right so so yeah exactly yeah now that now you really wanted to just figure out what the root source of the problem was, but you came across maybe a little bit emotionally, yeah, your passion right. kind of bled into emotion yeah, and yeah. you now they're shutting down. So you just bring them in, you, you take the elephant out of the room, right? And you say, hey, I'm bringing you in because you've been late five times in the past month and that's that conduct is unacceptable. I'm trying to get to why mm-hmm. and then we're gonna see where we go from here. Yeah, I think, uh, going from here into leadership a little bit more. And we're yeah. going to talk also about the uh, the death race that you're going to yeah. attempt to uh, compete in. Uh, but to keep it geology, because we're talking about energy, this is it was interesting to just, uh, you know, imagine like super simple physics, right? Between the two people you're talking about, a positive attitude and a negative attitude. That's how chemistry works. That's electromagnetism, elect- negative and positive. 
And the, the most interesting concept is take a step back completely. Mm. You don't have a positive without the negative. Mm. You can't really have the positive down. without the negative. Right. So that's looking at the, right? You're looking at big scale. Look, at, that's, how the, uh, that's how the earth operates, is under a huge positive and negative yeah. magnetic field. We're underneath yeah. that. And then in that, we have this amazing amount of energy that's being released from like upper mantle to atmosphere. It's like, right? It's like yeah. um, fucking 30 miles, well, probably like 100 miles thick. Boom. Of our huge planet, 100 miles thick is where life happens. That's where energy is transmitting, you know, instantaneously. Bang, in this conversation right now, you're, po you're slightly positive, I'm slightly negative. There's something, right? Right. And you're talking about a polar opposite. Boom, interacting now. And now you're, you're, you're communicating. And so where I'm going with energy one of the interesting concepts in physics is how does the, the particles that are coming out of my body and going into your ear, right? The sound that I'm sending in your ears, hearing and converting it to language. That is an energy. That is literally an energy that your body is absorbing. So do I actually have a positive energy going into you? And do you have a negative energy coming into me? Because you're negative, right? And negative seems to be more powerful. It seems to have the ability to knock the positive guy off, right? Off its uh, tilter a little bit. You're like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you're the anomaly here, man. <laughs> like, I could feel it. You're, you're, you're physically, are you physically actually transmitting that? Or is it literally just pushing the elements in the air and you're, yeah. just, you're just moving energy with the sound, right? So it, it's particle physics. Is it actually transmitting a positive thing into your body? Or are you just converting that energy and i'm not actually sending something physically over i'm just you know pitching things so energy I, towards you i have a question then because and i agree with you that uh individual or teams with with negative energy seems to have a bigger impact than positive energy yeah so why is that Ooh. why is it that that's for for skips or, or troy why is it that uh because i do agree you know it seems to have a bigger impact obviously a negative impact but a bigger there, it's more impactful when somebody's negative. Why is that? <laughs> Using rocks, I would go with a, an analogy that it's, we find the most valuable deposits. We find the most valuable <clears throat> natural resources in the most exhausted rock, energy-wise. Okay. It, it's only that when you see in the rock system that it went from a high energy to a really low energy, really quick across these cracks, and it's all filling itself up. It's entropy. It's, it's high energy to low energy, and that's where the magic happens. You can't do that if you don't have that positive negative uh, forces in the beginning that have to be broken. Bang. You have to break that, and it releases a lot of energy. Boom, there's a, literally a physical break in something that's totally fine, positive, negative wise. So you have to have an imbalance. I don't know if it's overly positive or overly negative. If you look at human history, I would argue that it's overly negative, world wars and shit like that. That's yeah. a massive negative energy that's breaking. Boom. And then it's entropy. Boom. All that energy gets dispersed and, and we advance and we, you know, we, we use all that and we just keep going. We're going from high energy to low energy. So is it more negative that all the time? Does it always have a, a mostly negative thing that's, that becomes so powerful and it eventually breaks? Or does well, it sometimes I, go the other way? I think I, it's probably I, I would agree with that, right? I think negative, like a negative environment or a negative team definitely has 
like a, a larger impact than, you know, a primarily positive team. But I think that also has to do with how the positive group responds, right? Because it's like you need, everyone has their own baseline where, you know, it's like we go through these experiences and we can only appreciate the highs if we understand the lows. But, and it's, and it's like, if you stay in the lows, that's when it becomes a problem. And if you allow the lows to keep affecting you and bringing you down and, you know, that's, that's where you get into these cycles in which you're, you know, this, yeah. And it's, and it's like, yeah. And then you get, you get into like these, you know, like these thought, like cyclical thoughts. Like I know I've had that in my life where like when I'm in those negative holes, it's like, I'm, I'm really just like, it's all up here. Right. It's all just like, why am I like continually thinking about this? I know what the problem is. I know how to address it. And I know this is what I need to do. But yeah, you're right though. Those negative groups, they pull people into that, you know, that negative cyclical thought. Yeah, it's more powerful, but it's all about how you respond, I feel, at the end of the day and how you address those negative groups because, yeah. Mental discipline, mental discipline. Yeah, yeah. For us, for humans, for sure. I mean, yeah. Maybe there's something in nature that's a cycle, yeah. and you know, it's just a bigger thing. But for you personally, I think it's emotional intelligence. Sure, you, you have that intelligence yeah. to step back and be like, "Whoa, what? Yeah. The, what are you really yeah, thinking like, about here?" Like, yeah, just like you said, like take a step back and look at this from like you know forty thousand feet, right? Let me just evaluate the situation as a whole, right? Take emotion, put emotions aside. What can I do to make well first myself better and not let this affect me? And then, you know, continue on with the mission and moving forward, right? So, and this goes into your your master's, right? Like you had like a top five of like what a leader like needs. Okay, so the project yeah. was exhaustive studies of uh, prolific leaders in history, both alive and, and past and American and, and non-American, female, male, try to get a good sample size, <laughs> but universally recognized as, as very effective leaders. I wanted to draw out what their common traits and then if i could surmise a couple principles leadership principles too but I, I wanted to make it as limited as possible right because leadership traits you can you can name 50 and they're all valuable give me 10. yeah you, know, you have integrity you have unselfishness okay. right you have industry you have uh you know you have some people would say a certain amount of aggression is a good leadership trait as far as getting after it. But you can, you can, there's a ton of leadership traits, right? The Marine Corps has their own leadership traits and their own leadership principles. Oh, wow. Most, yeah. But I wanted to see if we, if we necked that down to as few as possible, but most impactful, that were also cross, across the spectrum that you would find in all leaders, then what were those? And would they make any individual from any realm a better leader? And your interpretation of of deeming this leader in your database as good or bad or right, like your your ability to find the people that had those traits, that's an interpretation that was based on your definition and your understanding yeah. of kind of going in what is it? Yeah, what impact did they have on their industry yeah, or so on the, the impact, world? The impact. Or their so following, would, yeah. Um, would morality and play so would I a role in this? Like, would you say, example, like, hey, this person's a great leader, even though their morals were skewed? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So okay. I left I left morality out of it because I wanted okay. to give a fair shake on uh, some of the mm -hmm. you know the most evil people were 
objectively very good leaders. Um, and so right. uh, what I drew out, I drew out four, four traits and two principles that if my, what I argued, right, with my thesis was that if any individual were able to apply these four traits and have these, these two principles in mind, that, that, that they would become a better leader from what they are. Maybe they're not a, in a leadership role at all. It would make them better or a top tier leader. It would make him or her better. And so let's rattle them off. dude. Should we, we get into them? Yeah, okay, let's get into them. Yeah. So yeah. first and foremost, and I would say this is the most important and the other, th we'll start with the traits first, the four traits. You're going to start with the most important trait and then we're going to go and down. To the that. other three, I think are interchangeable, but I think this one, this one overwhelmingly came up as every single good leader, effective leader possesses this. And if you don't possess this, you will not be as good. A hundred percent. You ready for it? Yeah. Vision. Yeah. Vision. Right. So, so vision vision without action okay is a daydream but action without vision is a nightmare Ooh. Okay. So, let's go so you do you have that in your thesis did you write that i i, I didn't write that i didn't write that and i can't claim credit <laughs> skip's line skip's about the no, yeah, quote it was it was skip's mustache i got it from skip's mustache he told me <laughs> he, it, it really he whispered it to me but let, here's the deal say it again okay vision without action is a daydream, but action without vision, which is what you see a lot, is a nightmare. Right on. Every leader starts at the end. They start where they want to take their team, company, business, idea, you name it, and then they work backwards. Less effective leaders start at the beginning. They start with what they have, Wow. And they're just kind of muddying through together. the waters. Right. Like, oh, yeah, you're great for the spot. And then he leaves and he's like, oh, no, like, I don't have anybody yeah. else for that spot. There's no sense. It's, it's reactive, right? It's right. reactive. Uh, and, huh. and, and we should, you should, when you're leading, you should already have a, you should already be looking at the end, the mm. exit plan. Mm -hmm. And people think, what are you talking about? I have a startup company and I'm looking, yeah, I'm talking about. What does you getting out of this startup company look like? And when does it look like that? Is it five years? Wow. Is it 10 years? That's vision. Wow. Vision is being able to look at your team, look at your problem, look at your company and go, this is where we're going to end up. This is the timeline. And then all of the in-between is just how we're going to get there. Right but on. if you don't have this end, you're aimless. You're walking. You're walking on outcrop with no map <laughs> and no idea what you're doing. You're you just walking. You're just you're no, no compass. compass. You're just oh, walking man. around. You're just walking around. Wow. That's action without vision. It's just walking on outcrop with no map, no compass. Wow. I mean, some of that. Some of that is good for mental health, though. Sure. There's times. There's times rocks. to wander yeah. for sure. But yeah. but it's yeah. not it's not in the capacity of when you're actively <laughs> leading your yeah. team. That's not yeah. the time to wander. Yeah. That's to be deliberate, right? That's to be deliberate, right. be be decisive, and and be methodical. That's right. But always have the end in mind. That's it. Vision. Every every right team on. that I've ever led, I've always had the end game in mind. How long am I going to have this team? What do I want to accomplish while I have this team? Whether yeah. it's one year, six months, three years, and then 
the in between. How do I get there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're just putting a plan in place, but yeah. you have the the vision, mm-hmm. right? Well, dude, you're. Be, I think because you had you were working on that is why you sent me this damn book. Mm. This book, Skippo, the E Myth Revisited. Ah, uh, it's about entrepreneurs. Mm. It's about starting small business. It's about understanding that every small business has basically three elements. It's the entrepreneur, it's the manager, and it's the technician. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you don't balance that, whether you're on your own or you have all of those people to be those things for the business, either way, your business has to master a well-balanced, well-executed vision from the entrepreneur, a manager that sees it, understands it, and says, here's how we're going to do it. Here are the people that we're, I'm going to manage to help get the get there. And then the technician, you know, what do we do every day? What are we so good at every day that we'll never, you know, lose our ability to continue to make that money yeah. or whatever, right? You yeah. need some fixed income or, right? That's the technician. You got to have that balance, dude. Yeah. And it all starts with the vision. The yeah. entrepreneur rolls in and says, here's what we're going to do, guys. <laughs> and then if nobody gets it, the entrepreneur just fucking goes for it and, and might fuck up. But if everybody gets it, now you're like, okay, we got managers in the room. We got other entrepreneurs in the room too. Sure. You know, everybody I think has a little bit of each of that. Right. So you just, you focus it in and, 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 and get to, get to fucking work. I mean, like for you, Skips, and this is, this is a more visceral sort of obvious, but still you're, you're getting done with back-to-back studies, right? Mm-hmm. Bachelors, masters going into people, but that, that vision is kind of already, uh, is already laid out for yeah. you the, the, the vision yeah. the end is getting the getting the degree mm-hmm. or perhaps you know where you want to end up in in a in a certain company mm-hmm. but uh, imagine entering right it would be like entering your undergrad and perpetually not knowing and we know those people that not knowing what they wanted to get their undergrad in yeah and now yeah. they're eight and nine years in their undergrad right and so or they're going back skips, to school were, or something like that yeah like exactly that. Yeah. right but you had you had it in your mind. This is what I'm going to get for my undergrad, mm-hmm. my master's, PhD. This right. is what it's going to be about. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's that's vision. But yeah, no, I, I rolled in with e- econ. That was my original major because my mom, she works in finance. So I was like, oh, I know like for me in my head, like going into college, I'm like, at least this is a path to a job. And then after a semester of econ, it was like, fuck this noise. And I ended up, you know, taking rocks for jocks, like the intro to geology course. And I fell in love. And then after that, like halfway through the semester, it was, I, I took a step back and I'm like, love this, but is there an actual viable career in it? And it was like, oh yeah, oil and gas, like mining, like consulting. And it was just like, oh shit. And then go on from there. <laughs> that the decision was made, the decision was made like, yeah, that next day, like, all right, this is it. This is the plan. And I think that's why we connected Troy when we were in mineralogy. Cause I think you had a similar vision where it was just like, you had that moment and it was just like, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I love this. This I don't want to do anything else. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working, but I'm not working. Right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Make a living out of living, man. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. That's so that vision. That's right. Spot so that's on. the first one. First yeah. one's vision. All right. Most important. Right. If you if you just apply that, you're going to be a better leader. I don't care what vocation you're in. I don't care if you're a geologist. I don't care if you're an economist. I don't care if you're a, a just a solo entrepreneur vision, right? All right. So secondly, and I kind of briefly touched on it is compassion. Now here's the deal about compassion. Compassion should not be confused with coddling. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am very compassionate to my team, but I'm hard on them and, and being hard 
Okay, make no mistake, being hard is a form of compassion. Because just like our parents were hard on us, they're setting you up for success later on in life, right? And so when I have my team, no one's going to care about their physical, mental, moral, educational, psychological well-being more than more than me, okay, as their leader. But but it's not let me take you under my wing and give you the shoulder to cry on at all times, right? There's some times that you need to just be purely receive mode, but it's accountability for shortcomings, right? It's accountability to the standard that I set. That's all actually compassion mm -hmm. because if I were to let them skip out on meeting the standard, then when they get when they move on and have a different leader, a different boss that holds them accountable, now they're wondering, well, what the heck's going on? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. for the with the question that Skippo asked earlier, when someone does have that negative mental energy, right? I bring them in and I, I apply compassion, literal compassion. I'm opening my ears and I'm listening and saying, <clears throat> what's going on? You're not babying on? them. You're not yeah. coddling them. That's, and that's why people take exception with compassion is because, or when I've had this conversation about my traits and principles, because they think it's that. They think it's babying and it's coddlement and it's not. It's it's looking out for their well-being, generally caring, genuinely caring about their well-being, but it's holding them accountable. Mm -hmm. Holding people accountable to your metrics, your sales metrics, whatever yeah. the case may be, your performance metrics is a form of, 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 of compassion. For sure. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And I would say without it, you have yeah, you have anarchy literally like without it there's no control well of and and i don't mean to interrupt but without compassion as a leader your followers will never ever ever respect you as much as they would yeah. have if they felt because here's the deal support people in subordinate positions want to anybody wants to feel like they're being taken care of that their leaders yep. have their best interests in mind yeah and, and that they care about, genuinely care about their well-being. It, so if you're, and you show that, my belief is you show that through compassion, right? Again, it's not coddlement, but it's compassion. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have compassion, I think you do have anarchy because you have a bunch of subordinates that go, my leaders don't care about me. Yep. Forget the mission. Yep. Forget right. meeting my metrics. I don't care because they don't care about me. And there goes yeah. that big negative yeah. ripple into the rest of their life. Boom. They're not going to be able to take care of themselves financially because they can't keep a job because they didn't have the ability to understand, you know, this is how you execute something every day to precision. And if you fuck it up, you're going to get in trouble. Right. Because that's how that's what, how this works. Like, you get, oh, it's okay. You know, don't do it again, but it's okay. Like, no, like you got to have, you got to have some real backbone going into a problem every day and if you don't and then you don't get disciplined or you just keep riding that you one you don't believe in anything you're doing so you're not progressing the best you can in the company to make more money for your family and for the things you want yep. and you go back into your normal life and and you carry that ripple with you you're like you know yeah everything's cool you know just fucking relax you know you don't have to be all mm. uptight not a big deal right like hold on no that's not my kid needs to know discipline right yeah <laughs> my I, you need to know like we all need that reassurance and that 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 in our lives, you know, mm -hmm. that's why we probably make mistakes is because, you know, you're, you're kind of going off the trail and you need that wake up, dude. Wake you know? up. Yeah. There's a notion of uh, like, likership versus leadership. Okay. Okay. A lot of leaders are concerned with being liked. 
and you're, you've already lost at that point. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that never, ever, ever factors into my calculus and making a decision or leading my men is, it, are they going to like me for this? That's never right. factored in. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about likership or are you worried about leadership? Let's talk about it, right? Mm. Leadership is holding people accountable, which is a form of compassion, but it is. It's discipline and it's holding people accountable while at the same time, them knowing in their heart of hearts that nobody cares about their well-being more than me. Mm-hmm. While you're on my team, I will go to the ends of the earth to make you progress physically, mentally, morally, professionally, personally, but but I'm going to hold you to task, mm-hmm. right? And that's compassion. And maybe you guys re- can recall when you're you know, working W-2 jobs and you had leaders who were not compassionate, right? Who mm-hmm. didn't care about you and they may not have even known your name mm-hmm. and you worked there for two years. <laughs> so, so then my question would be, what amount of equity do you have in that company? None. Zero. Right? Zero, right? Zero, right? right yeah. Skips? I mean, have you yeah. ever had a boss that or an immediate supervisor that was so uncompassionate and so disinterested in you that maybe they didn't know your name or hey Jim and yeah, you're like yeah. it's so okay you know how how much did you care about that company it just not at all right i mean like you said it, i think with that compassion it builds loyalty right and then with loyal yeah and then with that loyalty and accountability right you're like you said you're willing to work harder and i mean for example, right, the last company that Troy and I worked at together, like I felt there there were days where, you know, we'd be in the office until 10, 11 at night, right? Getting a job done. But it was, it wasn't like, it's like, dang, I have to be like, it was obviously like, oh man, it's going to be a long night, but I had no problem doing it because, you know, our leaders like made us accountable for the goal and that vision that like we, you know, that the company had. And it was, and yeah. I, I totally would agree with that. Like loyalty and just like you said, the difference between a manager who's not compassionate or a manager who's just trying to be liked versus someone who's an actual leader. You want to work harder for them. That's right. Troy. No, dude, it, goes, it, it spans across everything I can <laughs> think of, you know, like a, a soccer team. Like you show up and you're a badass soccer player. Well, what's your vision for your career? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a coach of this team. I'm going to be the coach of this team for the next 10 years. And that guy comes in and says, I'm expecting to win a fucking cup tomorrow. And the guy's like, well, I got a bunch of juniors on the rest of this team. Like, I spent all my money on you <laughs> to help me lead and make these guys better for a right. few years. And then maybe we'll win a championship in five. Right. <laughs> and the guy's right. like, what? I didn't know that was going to be a thing, but thanks for paying me $20 million a year. I'll do that. <laughs> right. And then, bang, you guys at least, that team now has a vision. That team now has the technicians. The leader and the manager go, you know what I mean? Get, take yeah, out. Absolutely. And you, yeah, dude, you're, these things are hitting, you know, it's, it's making it all very fundamental. It's making yeah. it, right? Bare bones. That's what this was, you know, this is not, this is blocking and tackling big blue arrow, 50,000 <laughs> foot. This is not, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So third, third out of the four is charisma. Okay. Huh. Charisma. It's not quite enthusiasm. It's not quite optimism, but yeah. you combine the two and what spits out is, is charisma. Charisma and, and, and positive mental attitude are inexorably tied. Yeah. Those those two are those two are yeah, they're, they're right. lockstep, right? Yeah. 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 Charismatic leaders are always going to be more effective than leaders who are not charismatic. 
Charisma's tough. Now, here's here's one out of the four that I think is hardest to teach. Oh yeah. I don't want to say yeah. I don't want to say you either have it or you don't. Because that's <laughs> I that's, do. that's too bi- I don't. I, I think do. that's too yeah. binary. I think here's what I think. If a leader believes enough in his team and in his mission, the yeah. charisma comes out. No matter how much yeah. of an introvert well, you are, right? The passion will come through. The but the ability, yeah. charisma to me is the ability. I think to engage with somebody a- enough in all the fundamentals, and they're getting it in a conversation, and they're not losing focus. They're not like thinking, "Oh man, this guy's super awkward right now." Like you <laughs> lose them if you don't have the charisma. You lose your ability to stay engaged and to stay them focused and to keep hitting them with those leaders and those values and those or the the vision and the right, right? all these all these traits and and these principles. If you don't have the charisma, naturally. Right. If you're just not good at carrying conversation and keeping engagement, right? How could how could that not affect you as a good leader? I mean, in some way, it does. It, it does. It, it does. You back at some. Point. It does. It does mm-hmm. throttle you back. So, but yeah. And there, there's like that's like that's kind of natural. Like there's just some people that just you right. They're just there are there are some people. Troy, you're very charismatic. Skips, you're very charismatic. Some people don't naturally have charisma, but I don't want that to be okay. Well, I can't do one of those four. I think what I would say to somebody who is naturally an introvert which normally introverts tend to not be as charismatic this is like introvert is like uh they just kind of to themselves more, yeah more yeah. shy more reserved more to themselves they don't like big yeah. groups so that's already going to be tough to be a leader right and but some yeah. people are natural introverts but to, what what i would say to them is this okay do you have a wholehearted a hundred percent belief in your team and in your mission in what you're doing, whatever your mission is. Mm-hmm. You wanna grow this company by 3X by the end of the fiscal year, or you wanna make 100 million in sales by 10 years. In your heart of hearts, do you believe in that? And if the answer is yes, then as you are espousing that, those beliefs to your team, charisma will come through. Yeah. It'll oh, come sure. through. Yeah, yeah. Right? it has a throttle. It has a throttle though, I think. Yeah, I, would, sure. I would argue that I, I, some like, of I this, think, had, go ahead. No, 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 I was gonna say, that's that's. An, I didn't even think about it that way, but it's charisma isn't something that needs to be like visually seen like like you said it doesn't need to be like hey i'm very outgoing blah 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 it's it's looking at someone's belief in the overall vision i think and you two you two are super charismatic and it's not charisma is not that's why i don't like to say enthusiasm because it's not jumping up and down on tables right and saying woo you know look at me right but it's like when you sit down and you listen to that individual yeah and he's he's talking about the, his team or or his mission and what is beliefs. In. Do you come away going, I want to be a part of that? Right. That's charisma. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. It's not a lot of high flying animated movements. Right. It can be very calm. But when I'm when I'm really explaining the direction that we're going because of the vision. Yep. Uh, what I'm hoping is that when they come away, they're going. I get F. It. I get it, and I want and let's go. Yep. And I think that that's you two as well. I think that when you guys are really in sync and you're talking about the oil and gas industry and you're you're spreading that good gospel that you guys have the charisma yes there's a lot of enthusiasm that's that's tied with that a lot of optimism but it's different it's different than that it's 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 making an impact and being able to explain things in such an impactful way that it's draw it you draw people in naturally that's charisma yeah yeah and i think you i think you guys both have that in spades right I think a lot of people, I can think of a lot of people that have def, yeah, have it. They have it, 
right? Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about it as a tool? Are you thinking about it as fundamentals to be a better leader and all that stuff? I think that's great. That's great information, great way to think about why your thesis is so important uh, in regards to leadership uh, yeah. for everyone to listen to. So the fourth mm -hmm. and final. Fourth and final. This was tough to to not make it the uh, the most important, wow. but it, but it's not okay. But uh, this this is the one the one I will say that is most pervasive <clears throat> in bad leaders. It's the lack of this, and so the fourth and final trait is humility. Mm. Okay, as you move up in the leadership realm, and you be you get positions of increased responsibility, mm -hmm. it is incredibly easy. To become arrogant, lose your humbleness, you yeah. use your lose your humility. Because here's the reason why: you're in, you're naturally placed in a position of leadership, mm -hmm. okay? And sometimes, whether you like it or not, that's true. <laughs> and now you have people under you, and you have less people that'll outright challenge you, probably. And so mm -hmm. you start to have this belief that mm -hmm. you're you're better than you actually are, mm -hmm. and so and it, and then it's. It's it's also easier to lessen the workload and do right. all these things that come. Let, let me tell you something. Arrogance is so pervasive in leaders. It's astounding. Wow. And, and 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 it's not until that arrogance is challenged that they really that they really kind of get back to reality. Right. Now their 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 team talks. They may never hear it, but their team's going, man, I hate my boss. This guy is such an arrogant prick, right? Right? Excuse my language, <laughs> but he is such an arrogant guy. Yeah. He just stands up here and pontificates and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and there's a big difference between a captive audience and a captivated audience. Mm. Okay. You can gather your team in. You say every, everybody in the conference room in 30 <laughs> minutes. Them. You and they're going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but don't think that just cuz you're up there talking that they're captivated. They have to be there. Right. You said, "Hey, whole team in the auditorium <laughs> in 30 minutes." Listen to me right now. Okay? There's a big difference between wow. a captive audience and a captivated audience. And and it's not it's the type of leader you want to be is not the king on the throne with the servants feeding you grapes. It's Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. It's that servant leadership where you are there to huh. serve those people that work for you in the greatest capacity and most impactful capacity possible because you're the leader. Wow. But you're serving there. Yeah. If you're not living, eating, sleeping, and breathing for your team, right. you've lost. And your vision. If you've, you've lost the yeah. belief in your vision. Yeah. But it, but the vi the vision is actioned by your team. Right. And so if you are not living foundationally, living for their betterment, right. you've lost. Yep. If you're making it about you and about how much money you make and about all the accolades you get, you've lost. It is all about the team, okay? And that's tough because it's counterintuitive. We think I'm the leader, everybody should, you know, sort of, bow down to me sure. and care about me yeah. but it's the opposite it's yeah. it's i'm the leader what can i do from this position of influence to better help my team and then yeah stay on path of the vision and as well and i know exactly what you're talking about too it's like 
they're those leaders that are so pompous, right? When they get into those positions, all they can talk about are self accolades, right? And it's just like, oh, dude, like, I don't want to be in this room and listen to another one of your BS stories. Like, it's like, and, and there's, but the, there's nothing wrong with those stories, but if you're doing it just to brag about yourself versus, you know, using it as a lesson, like those are the differences I feel like in leaders, because I want to talk about my successes. I'm going to talk about these because these were important moments into my career success. And I think that was one of the most, yeah, working with Rome was one of like, and it, like you said, there were days where I'd come in and I'd be like exhausted coming, you know, class late at night and Rome would be like, yo, what's going on? Like, let's get to work. Like, yeah, you got this. Yeah. Kind of thing. You're like, yeah, okay, we can get through this. Right but for every, but for every Rome, there's seven guys that are the exact opposite. They, they just talk mm-hmm. about themselves they hear themselves right. talk. Wow. Yeah. And they don't, right? Would you agree with yeah. me on that? Right. I mean, seven to one ratio. I mean, maybe. I, I maybe one to 10. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. If, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but it's, it's interesting. The humility, the more we got down your list, I think the more, uh, not, not vague, uh, but the more kind of, um, range of, of an understanding of the, the topic ex- itself, humility. Yeah. Right. You yeah. have to have a, a yeah. certain level of humility and you're going like, whoa, you know, what is that? And and I can understand what you're saying, but at the end of the day, I probably end up having my own definition of humility. You know what I mean? And sure. How, how that goes. I'll take out the trash or, right. But I'm not going to, anyway, I don't know. Right. You, yeah. you, there's a limit to that and everybody has their own scale. So as you progress through the list, it gets more like individualized, but the fundamentals are there and you have the fundamental of humility. You have the fundamental of compassion, right? And yeah. and then you're just thinking about that logically. You're thinking about it by reading books or you're listening to people talk, other people's experiences and you're trying mm-hmm. to be better. You're trying to progress the mission. You're trying to progress your vision, right? Yeah. That's everybody at the end mm-hmm. of the day. I think no matter what and how arrogant somebody is at the end of the day, they're worried about their family, they're worried about their company and their business and their career. And at the end of the day, you know, everybody can come back to the fundamentals and realize that it's about the vision. It's about moving mm-hmm. the company forward and making mm-hmm. it successful. Yeah. So yeah, that one's that was cool. That was really good. Yeah. That was really before good. we before and, we, and we, would oh, go skip. Some. Oh yeah. So yeah, and would like humility, would that also kind of fall into the category of like, you know, understanding when, you know, as a leader, you would make a mistake and being able to learn from those mistakes instead of, mm. you know, putting blame onto, you know, mm-hmm. other people, would that be a oh big part? Oh my gosh, that's a well? huge part. That's a huge part. Yeah. Not, not only not putting blame onto subordinates when it was your mistake, but being open about the mistakes. Arrogant leaders are so tight lipped about their shortcomings because they think mm-hmm. that somehow it'll, it'll lessen their respect. That's just right. a sign of arrogance. I mean, I talked to, to my team about my shortcomings in my career all the time. And I've had big ones and I'm completely open about it just to let them know that, hey, no one's perfect. I'm about as imperfect as they come. Now I happen to be in a leadership position, but I'm as imperfect as they come. And let me tell you these stories of when I've really fallen on my face. And then present day, when when I mess up and then we're getting chewed out, it's me, I'm taking that. I'm taking that face blast. And then I'll go a step further. When my guys mess up, hey, it falls on the leader, right? I still take the face blast, right? Now, mm-hmm. when, but when they when they achieve something, 
whether or not I had anything or everything to do with it, they get all the praise. That's humility, mm -hmm. okay? When, when you are in the position of leadership, you're ultimately holding the bag for any successes and failures. Right. But you take all the failures and you give all the successes to the subordinates. And I'm sorry, that's called the burden of leadership. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's about. So yeah, absolutely skip. So many no, yeah. arrogant leaders, when they mess up, will be so quick to go, oh, no, no, no. Wasn't me. Right. It was mm -hmm. it was John, it was Johnny there. Lowman yeah. on the totem pole. You know, because that's easy, right? And the harder thing yeah. to do is to take the moral high road, the humble route, and go, hey, that was that was on me. And what's even yeah. harder is to really be humble and take one on the chin for something that you had no part of and it was all your team, but you're the leader. Mm -hmm. You're the leader. You're holding the bag ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, 100%. Right on. So the two principles. Yes. Those were the four traits. Four traits. All right. So now we got two principles. Got to have Real these. Real quick. Got to have these. Must first, have. First one. Yeah, I think if if you apply these or if you keep these in mind, I don't know if you could apply a principle, but if you if you keep these in mind, yeah. Uh, you're going to be a better leader. And here's what they are. First one is perception is reality. Perception is reality. This is what I mean by that. Everybody is a natural way of how, of who they are, right? We all have a natural way about us. And then there's how people are perceiving us. Mm. And if those two things, how you naturally actually are and how people are perceiving you, if they're very dissimilar, there's a problem there. Wow. There's a problem there. If you, let's, let's, let's take for example, you get a new team in the oil and gas industry, right? Yeah. You promote it into a management position and part of that promotion, you got a new team of five to seven engineers or, or guys, whatever. But that day you came to work, you were up all night with your kid who was sick and the night before you got in an argument with your wife and then that morning you woke up late so you couldn't even do your morning routine. Mm -hmm. So you get to the office, first time meeting your team and it, and and it's bad, okay? You're nitpicking at stuff that doesn't even make sense. Why are you wearing that shirt and, and this and that and this paper isn't the way I want it to be. When they, when you break, they're going to have a perception about you. Now, in this example, that perception is very dissimilar to how you actually are. But you need to mm -hmm. right-size that. You need to get that into alignment because how you actually are doesn't matter. It's how you're perceived. Hmm. Okay? It's the perception. And perception is so important, right? I mean, you know, when I think about this, you have a manager and a subordinate of of opposite sex, right? Could be a male manager, female subordinate, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And let's say male manager, female subordinate. And he brings her into the office for a counseling. Mm -hmm. Quarterly counseling, kind of update their progress, see how they're doing. And as they walk out the door, you know, he's patting her on the back and they're all laughing. They're both laughing, right? The office workers are going to have a certain perception about that. Now, what what is that perception? That he likes her or that he's going to have a certain amount of favoritism towards her or 
did they did something happen in the office where they flirty with each other and it could have been a very serious counseling and on the way out the door she trips right and now they're laughing about that as he opens the door i mean that's funny if you walk in and you just trip out of nowhere like a ghost i'm laughing like, ah, and i'm caught laughing you. I, i'm gonna laugh and I, I might catch you i might go, hey be careful there it is <laughs> be but, careful but yeah. now that's the most <laughs> inopportune time because what they didn't see the very serious counseling saying hey right jill this is where you're delinquent this is what i like what you're doing as far as a job goes it was very professional and on the way out she trips you catch her what's the perception sure. right so Leadership is is what's called life in a fishbowl because you're viewed 360 degrees at all times, hmm. like a fishbowl, like fish in a fishbowl. And if you're not constantly cognizant of how you're being perceived and if it's aligned or misaligned with how you actually are, that's a big problem. So you, a, a periodic question that you should constantly be asking yourself as a leader is how am I being perceived mm -hmm. by the team? Mm -hmm. And is that in alignment yeah. with who I actually am? If it's in alignment, as near perfect as possible, you're rocking and rolling. Sure. How do you get that feedback? How do you how do you know that it's tough, right? The staff is like, ah. They'll... Well, here's here's what my recommendation would be. Every team, you need a couple subordinates that are your trusted advisors, okay? So in the military, we have senior enlisted advisors. These are Marines who have, or military members who have been in the military a long time. And they're sort of your right hand man or woman. And you could, you could, and they're the conduit. A lot of times they're the conduit between the, the, the bigger team mm -hmm. and yourself, the reality and the perception. Sure. And so you, you ask the, you ask those individuals and they got to know there has to be that trust factor there that, that they can speak openly and not get their head chewed off. Right. Right. But you got to bring in yeah. your trusted advisor, your senior enlisted advisor, and you got to go, Troy. You know how am I being? How am I being perceived generally? Yeah. And if the, if mm -hmm. and and if if he knows that he's not going to get his head chewed off, he'll be a straight shooter with you. Yeah. You laugh too much, man. Mm -hmm. You just laugh way or, too. Or, yeah. Much, whatever <laughs> it is. Hey, they think. Yeah. To that point, the the team think that that you're a lot more. You're a lot. You're way too familiar with them. You're too friendly. Yeah. You need yeah. to have that separation and you be start, the leader. Yeah. They think you're, yeah. they're starting to view you as a friend and that's a problem because at the end of the day, you might need to discipline them. And then there's this really weird, awkward dynamic whereby yeah. they think you're their friend, but now you're disciplining. Them. Yeah. So how, so yeah. how does a leader then, you know, coming from the technician standpoint, right? I'm the one sitting out in the office and I'm trying to get all the angles I can of the leader in the fishbowl, but I can only see one side of the bowl at once, right? Yeah. I, I, you, how do you pivot? How do you actually see? How do you better educate yourself to understand the real person versus the perception and kind of how that works? How do you how do You, you do can't. That? As a subordinate, you're only given the angle of the fishbowl that the leader is willing to give you. Right. So if he mm -hmm. or she is always closed off and you're just getting one angle, that's all you can that's right. all you can get. If they're never attending company functions, the Christmas parties, yeah. and they're never attending that stuff yeah. and they never uh they never offer to take the team out for an early morning breakfast before you have a long day, you, you can never really gauge right. that. And so you're only that's left right. with with one slice of that pie. And and that can be a that can be a limiting factor, but you can never the offer always has to come from the leader to give you that right. well-rounded, right? Right. And so if they're always closed mm -hmm. door, 
Got and they're only opening up and talking to you. You're going to develop, everyone develops a perception. Which is yeah. going to be yeah. here or there, or it could be there. Or it you're could be there. You're risking yeah. as a leader, not yeah. allowing them in and understand who you are. You're risking yourself by closing it off and saying, you know what? It's better just to have no relationship with the employee, right? Right. Just, yeah. We get yeah. here, we do work. We don't hang out outdoors. Sure. Yeah. Well, that, then that just creates an environment of just, you know, anxiety, right? Because you're walking on eggshells all the time as an employee, right? Because every time the boss would come in, it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm about to be disciplined or told something, right? It's not like you, you lose like that interpersonal connection. Absolutely. But you can't, yeah. but as a subordinate, you can never demand or ask or inquire about that with a leader. They have to give that to you. Yeah. So yeah. when you're, yeah. you're saying subordinate, that's the way that the military explains someone between a manager and like uh yeah just anybody in a lower position you could be a middle manager and still be subordinate to the upper management right you're all subordinate yeah. at the end of the day to the president absolutely okay. we all are right so it all and so okay. i don't mean that in any disparaging way or it's just a just a definitionally anybody in, in a lower lower position right is in a subordinate position to their to their boss right yeah yeah. So it's not bad or anything like right. that. It's just, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. But, uh, okay. And then second and finally, we'll close up mm -hmm. shop. This was a, this was a tough one because I never wanted to admit this. And, and I think that, uh, some leaders out there would argue this with me, but I'll be willing. I love arguing about leadership. <laughs> I'll be willing to argue this toe to toe. <laughs> and here's it. Here's what it is, is some people at the end of the day, some people won't, not can't, won't be led. And that's really tough to reconcile. Interesting. And I'll, and the little the little subtext will be at least not in a way that is in any way productive or realistic. Meaning these people that I'm we're going to talk about that won't be led, they'll be led if you let them show up whenever they want to show up, do whatever they want to do, right? So they won't be led in a way that's realistic or productive. Right, gotcha. but we just cut it off and say some people won't be led. It's true. You, as a capable leader, you should have a lot of tools in your toolbox, on your tool belt, mm -hmm. to be able to try different leadership styles with individuals. Wow! But there's gonna, but there's gonna be folks that you lead that are on your team that no matter what you do, they will not be led. It's rare. Hmm. There's some that you have to yeah. apply more pressure. There's right. some that you have with have to have a way softer touch. Right, a little more charisma. Sure, a little more, little more, little more, yeah. And then there's just some though that no matter how you dial it back and 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 they're just not in a place to be led. They're just not there in life. They they're just, not there. Emo their emotional intelligence is not there. Their their own arrogance is disallowing them from being led. Right. That's what you a, a trait that you'll find in in those few individuals that will not be led is a huge amount of arrogance. It's this notion that how can you lead me when I could do the job better than you mm -hmm. can, boss? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether that excuse me, whether that's true or not doesn't matter. That's inconsequential. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So let me ask you the this question in your own opinion, because I, I have my own opinion. In the very rare circumstance that you run into these individuals, what do you do? If you have an individual that you've tried, yeah, softer touch, a harder touch, yeah. written counselings, verbal counselings, yep. no counselings, yep. and they are just, they will not, not that they can't, 
but they're refusing to be led. What do you do? I got a quick answer. I go to HR and I tell them, hey, I got about a couple of weeks and I'm going to replace this person with someone. Yep. And I'm going to, I want to start yeah. interviewing right now. Go yep. out there, find me some other people that do what they do. And I want to talk to them. And then in that two weeks, I can talk to that person a little bit more and not give them the warning that you're getting, you're about to get replaced because you're fucking up because that's probably against HR. <laughs> uh, but you could have the conversation like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like you, you, you're not, you're not part of the team. You're, you're showing this over and over. These are the, these are the traits that you have is a subordinate. If they just to sim put it simply. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I would do. And I would give them two weeks to kind of figure out, you know, let me know what's going on. If it, if, if there's no drastic change, which we know there's not going to be, I'm going to put a lot of effort into the interviews and I'm going to find the person that can fit in and, and, you know, do roll the dice on somebody else. Yeah. Skips. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd probably do the same thing, it's especially if you've exhausted all forms of counseling prior, right? Like, like you said, it, I would say you always want to leave no stone left unturned with any individual. Right. But I think there comes a point where, like you said, they're the glass is always half empty. They're not. And this person isn't adding or assisting in like getting to that vision, getting to that goal. Right. Like this person is actually like hindering progress at that point. I, I it's it's tough. Right. Like you said, but that's the tough decision that a leader has to make. Like, hey, look, in order for us to be successful, we have to get rid of like dead weight. Right. And I'd hate to call any individual dead weight, but it's like at this point, you know, it's it's like you're you're wasting. I'm spending more of my energy trying to fix you opposed to actually working on the vision. Right. Like you're taking that away from me. Right. I should be focusing on the entire team. But now I'm focused on the day, like trying to make you do your job, which shouldn't be my yep, job. Exactly. <laughs> We're in constant fractionation. We're either going to go into a positive yeah. direction or it's going to go negative. The business is either going to go bankrupt or we're going to go sell at IPO at a billion dollars. Right. You know, that's, that's the yeah. end goal financially for the business, the company, and you're not helping us get there. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're dragging us down. So there's the negative and positive we talked about. You got overly positive and, and if that's where it needs to go, that's where we want it to go, then it's going to fractionate and go positive. Right. You're yeah. going to get that IPO. If you don't address it right away, like you're saying, you don't, have the ability as a leader to to address that, then it's just gonna it's gonna all get swallowed by the negative. That one negative can swallow all that positive. Absolutely. And now you're bankrupt, and you're like, damn it, should have just you know brought it up and yeah. said, hey, <laughs> stop doing this. Are you okay? All right, <laughs> like put it on the table. Put it on. Stop the table. doing this. What's going on? What's going on? I'm here. For, I'm. I'm here. We're we're here together. Right. Right. Let's progress this thing. And then maybe they just quit. They go. You know what? I'm just not in a position that I want to be here. I just don't want to be here. Sure. Cool. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, that, and that is, that is the only option. When you reach that point where you've exhausted every single leadership trait and technique and tactic that you have, uh, and they just won't be led, you, you need to very quickly turn a switch to get them gone. Very quickly, I say, because at this point now they're a cancer to the team mm -hmm. and you have to rid it immediately. Mm -hmm. But it's not until, like Skip said, it's not until you've exhausted every option. Yeah left no stone unturned that yeah. when you're shaving in the morning, you can look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I did everything for that individual. Yeah. But once you've reached that point and they're not playing ball, you got to, my opinion is you got to flip it fast and get them out of there right away, right away. Because th there's no sense in dragging this right. on any longer. Right. right. And, and again, yeah. th these are not, these are few and far between these people, but they're there. And that's tough as a leader to admit to, because you want to think 
No, 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 no. If I'm a good enough leader, if I'm an effective enough leader, I can lead anybody. And it's not true. Wow. It's not true. Some individuals, mm -hmm. no matter who they have in front of them, that's in a position of superiority, in a position of leadership, they just, they will not, they won't play ball. That's anything. Again, realistic. They'll play but, ball if you go, yeah, just don't do up. any work. Yeah. I'll pay you to not do any work. Right. Just don't even show up. <laughs> You'll get a paycheck. They'll be led that way. Yeah. But that's not realistic or productive. Right. Right. And what do you think the number mm -hmm. is? What do you think a ratio is? Say a hundred thousand. I will, I will tell you anecdotally. Uh, I've been in the military now for fifteen years, and I've only had two. Okay. Two individuals that refused. You managed thousands of military. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot, of, a lot two of personnel. Times. Yeah. Two times. Two individuals, separate wow. times. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be led. They. Not on, not on terms that were realistic or productive. And so I, that's just a personal experience. So I think the ratio is very small. Now, there are a lot of leadership challenges, individuals yeah. who are leadership challenges, but you just need to f find the right dials, right? Like your keyboard or write this. Yeah. Find the right dials to get those, get it all leveled. Yeah. And, and then you can lead them. Mm -hmm. It might be a tenuous relationship and that's fine. Doesn't have to always be roses and sunshine, but they'll right. be led. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't need; they don't need to be someone that you want. You know, you want to go get a beer with after work, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, you're assisting in getting to the goal. You're so assisting in actioning the vision, and they'll yeah. and they'll play ball. Yeah, it might be yeah. tenuous, and you're not going to write each other Christmas cards, but they'll but they'll mm -hmm. be led. Yeah, but very yeah. very rarely, like I said, anecdotally, I've had two come across my life in the in the military, and that's after having been in a position of leadership over yeah. a lot of a lot of people in a lot of time. That's cool. Did yeah. uh, Do you feel like in your thesis, we'll wrap this up with the yeah, yeah. last question yeah. and we'll, we'll get into the death race. Oh God. Uh, do you think when you were writing this thesis and thinking about this and, and using this, practicing this, you know, what you've discovered, that these tools and these ideas that you have and you're still, you still are a leader of, of many people. So sure. you use this, you put it in practice every day. How much of that influences the way you raise your kids? Oh, a, a ton. So then is there a, do you think there's a, there's a correlation, but it's not a, there's not direct, I lead military men and women in this job and I lead my kids to be successful and healthy and, and, and provide, you know, benefits to the, to the economy, right? To humanity, right? Like raising children. There's. There can't, it's not direct. It's no. not what happens here is going mm. on there. But no. you're, you use these and you practice these, yeah. these ideas with the kids. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think absolutely you do. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, it's different. Yeah, you're kind of just teaching them yeah. what, what you know and what you're applying absolutely. and why you're doing it. So it's, it, it's like your foundation to talk to them. It's the foundation to like teach them these values. Yeah, because yeah, you're, ideas. as a parent, you're a, you're a leader, right? At the end of the mm -hmm. day, you are leading your kids. You're you're their primary leader, for, arguably for their entire lives, right? At least they're, until they're an adult, for sure. Yeah, you're their primary leader, and so mm -hmm. you're leading them to hopefully be a productive, successful, contributing member of society. Sure, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think you have to apply the, a certain amount of those traits and principles. Um, you dial it back and forward sure. with some of them, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. to, to, to be effective at it. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because love, right? Love is the family side of that thing that you have. And, and I'd argue, you know, your vision is, is one, maybe not full of love, 
but your compassion is love driven your humility mm-hmm. your, right these these other things you got going on is is, is yeah. love driven so there's there's that I think that foundation between charisma, right? Are you pumped to be a dad? Yeah, right. Are you, are, yeah. do your, are you, do you have that energy for your kids that you're, you know, when they're out in the ballet class or at yeah. the baseball game that yeah. you're pumping them right. up, right? right? That's yeah. I, I know you're all, tired. I know you're hurting. Yeah. You come yeah. home from a long day of work and yeah. you know what? They don't care. That's not right. a nitinoid, nor should they No, They care yeah. that dad's home or mom's home and now it's playtime. And you need to be all right. Let's yep. do this. Well, it's, it's fa- for yeah. me. It's fantastic. Personally, they they mm-hmm. lift me up. I'm like, yes, I yeah. love being fucking home now. Like, yeah. the day was what it was. What it was. These kids just are on another level, and you just go on them and go into their world. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, as you're giving me, I mean, the foundation, man. I can't screw up when I when I become. A hey, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You, you can't. You literally have no excuses, Skivo. You should be yeah, I got zero multi-millionaire, excuses, successful contributor. Dad to of the year. Dad of the year. Dad, Dad of the year. Times I'm just gonna 18. have one of those. Yeah, yeah, one of those cheesy cups. Like, yep. Just world's best that's dad my trophy world's right. best dad yep <laughs> bang we'll get you a oh, that's awesome all right man you got anything yeah, else i was gonna say yeah. but but i think yeah well one last question and this is for both of you so like you said how as as fathers how do you challenge your children uh and this specifically goes into that compassion trait right because you don't want to coddle them to the point where they're self-reliant on you so how as parents, how do you challenge your kids so they can get through those stressors in their life? And they don't, as opposed to, you know, falling and collapsing and, you know, you know, coming back to you, which that will happen, right? But how do you put challenges forth in front of your children to see that growth? Uh, you know, a simple analogy, I think, is I, I wouldn't peel the orange for my child because the kid needs to know how he likes his oranges. You know, does he like it with a little extra white stuff on it or not? I don't. I don't like the white stuff. So if I peel their oranges and I take all that out and I hand them peeled oranges just to eat like I like them, you know, what what am I doing for them? Yeah. Right? Like hand them the orange and watch Mm -hmm. them, you know? How do they like it? Yeah. And then bang, you you just get on their wavelength and 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 you start communicating. I mean, you look, look, that's not going to work out well, right? You, you right. can talk mm-hmm. to them. My kids are still so, so young, even though Celine seems yeah. like a twenty one year old. Yeah, and she'll repeat stuff that's like, wait a minute, do you actually get that word? Like, <laughs> yeah, Celine's blows my mind, dude. Like I like when I was visiting last, I had a full blown conversation with her, and like, yeah, and it was just like she still this, talks about. This her. is better than most conversations that I have with her. <laughs> This is this is crazy. Dude, his kids are all huge human beings. They're in the 99th percentile across the board. His oh, daughter, awesome. a year younger than mine, or what is it, a year and a half? She's uh, not even two yet. Yeah. So she's almost a year and a half younger. Same height. Yeah. The boy is just like a five, yeah. six year old. I yeah, mean, his huge. kids are crazy. He's dude. huge. I think uh, to answer your question, Skips, I think um I like the notion of intentional discomfort for kids. For 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 people, okay? We live in a mm-hmm. such a comfortable lifestyle yeah. in in today's day and age based on advances in technology largely, right? Yeah. That you can go through life or by extension, you can put your kids through life having very little discomfort. Yeah. And that is mm-hmm. completely to their detriment. So I like to inject intentional discomfort 
into into my life personally to kind of recage who I am mm. and what I feel that I'm made of. And I think mm. this would be a perfect segue into the death race. Yeah, I like that. And I like to well done. And I like to um <laughs> and I like to impress upon that with my kids. So what's that look like, right? Mm-hmm. It was raining in San Diego two week two or three weeks ago, hard, hard rain. We don't get much hard rain in San Diego or in Oceanside. So I said, all right, Max, we're going outside. And he's like, what are you talking about? Pouring rain, Dad. Pouring rain. <laughs> and I was like, so so what? What are we afraid of? So it's pouring rain. We're going to go out there. And until we're soaked through, we're going to be cold because we're coming from a warm, dry environment to a transitional environment until we're soaked through. Mm-hmm. But once you're soaked through, you're fine because it's not that cold in San Diego. It just happens yeah. to be pouring, which is rare. So we went outside. No raincoats. Yeah. Just what we were wearing. Wow. And we played. Yeah. Turned on the discomfort right up front. He's like, I'm cold. I don't like being wet. Yeah. You know, when you're first getting wet, that's coming from dry and you have clothes on. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, but once you're completely wet, you're fine. It's like, you know, if it's it's cold outside, if the ambient temperature is cold, that's going to be a little bit less comfortable, but perfect example. So we're out there playing. Yeah. And you know, and that's, that's a little bit, that's a little drop in the mental resiliency bucket. Right. And and then you come back inside, you dry off, he's fine, and he's a little bit more resilient. And building that resiliency in our kids, because as a society in America, we are so not resilient anymore. We're so brittle hmm. that building that resiliency in your kids, I think, is paramount to their later success in life. Could could you argue that uh you you can get that through watching YouTube? No. No, I think you have to experience right. hardship right. in a controlled environment, in a controlled environment. This isn't a gogi right. where it's like, hey, go out into the woods, seven-year-old, try to survive, <laughs> see you in 15 years. You know what I mean? It's not that. Yeah. It's a it's a <laughs> it's controlled environment. Right. That they have they got to experience, right? Yeah. So I I was I was making I was making weights to put in in my pack to give myself a heavier pack. So I just got bricks together and I duct taped them, right? Because I didn't have any other source of weight. And so Max is watching me and he says, I want to, yeah, I want to do that. So I said, well, I'm going to add, I'm intentionally adding weight to my pack for when we walk around the neighborhood now. This is something that I want to do because I want to do it too. So I got one brick, a brick, and duct taped it so that it wasn't, those little chunks weren't coming off and right. stuff and threw it in his pack. Right. And so he walked until he got tired which was before our lap had ended. And I made him walk just a little bit more after he was tired. And then I took his pack and I said, Hey, this is where you ended up tomorrow. If you want, let's try to, let's try to go further. Yeah. Right. A little bit of intentional discomfort. I wasn't yelling at him, nor was I forcing him to complete the lap around our neighborhood. You will do this or nothing like that. But it was like, Oh daddy, I'm tired. I'm like, I think you could go a little bit further. And he did. He went two or three houses more. Yeah. You know, he's only just turned four. Yeah. And then I took the pack off of his back, and I, and then I, you know, with the one that's brick perfect. in it. Yeah. So yeah. because, it, but, but but you got it, but you got him to work through that mental barrier. Right. That's exactly right. right. Like he yeah. he hit a wall, and you're like, no, 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 you you got more. And he's like, oh yeah, you're right. I do have a little bit. Any more, problem right? so you're, you experience later in life will requ- will require resiliency to get through. You get fired yeah. from a job, that's tough. Mm-hmm. You fail a class, that's tough. You break up with a girlfriend with whom you've been your first love. That's tough. Mm-hmm. All that, mm-hmm. all that stuff takes resiliency to come out the other end and go. 
or maybe you haven't even come out the other end. You're in it. You're in the thick of that breakup and you're going, all right, I'm going to get through this. That's res that's called resiliency. Yeah. But we have to build yeah. that. Resiliency, I think, is more nurture than it is nature. You got to build your mm. resiliency. And that's up to us to build that in our kids. Yeah, yeah to build yeah. it effectively, right? It, it of course. definitely happens naturally. Yes. But how you deal with it, how it affects you, how you get through that, how you you know mm -hmm. take that on as an, a young adult, you can definitely, you know, get them well prepared, right? And have Absolutely. a lot of tools to handle that situation. So that's, yeah, building, building them a tool, helping them build a toolbox for them. Absolutely. Because right. they, they don't have any tools. Right. They're not born. You got to give them those tools, right? That's up to mm -hmm. you to give it to them or not. And so do you want your kid to grow up? And now he's 18 and has two, he has a hammer. Well, if all you got in a, is a hammer, you better hope that every problem's a nail. <laughs> right? He's hitting everything with a hammer. But if you build that whole tool belt, Tim the tool man, right? And you got everything, <laughs> then you can handle different problems. So that's what I think. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into the death race. We are talking about the PBE podcast with David Campbell. Hey, yo. This guy that I've been looking at across the kid table in kindergarten playing basketball against you, fucking wrestling. You've always been a pain in the ass, you know, physically. Yeah, yeah, with. I could see that. I You've could see always that. been. <laughs> You've always been. But mentally, it's been amazing. You know, yeah. I would not be who I am today, for sure, without question, if if David Campbell wasn't in my life. Oh, thank you, man. That means this a lot. Dude, thank you. Your your hustle, your clarity, your vid, all these things that we've been talking about, dude, you, you just exuded that. Thank yeah. you. No, dude, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I always wondered, did you actually make a profit when you were dubbing CD, like the first human to dub every CD through uh, Napster? What was that it was, called? So that was my uh, uh, Nap Napster. Napster. It was my first side hustle. You went, so Skips, <laughs> first side hustle, right? Eminem's blowing up. This, this is, is a side This is a side story. But uh, I'm a serial yeah. side hustler. Back before this uh, term was coined, right? Yeah. And uh, so I'm yeah. in sixth grade or seventh grade oh well, this is 1998 1999 yeah okay and uh i tell my mom i say i was in eighth grade yeah about to enter high school okay, i told my mom uh can you buy this cd burner for me this thing was as big as the table as it right had here. two slots <laughs> one for the cd one for the blank cd and it would transfer it on yeah cut and it was at Fry's Electronics, and uh, it was like 400 bucks. Not inexpensive. No. This is expensive. Right. Yeah. And my mom's going, what are you talking about? And I'm like, follow me here. <laughs> I've ran the numbers, mom. <laughs> I was like, I will have your money back to you in six months or less with interest. I'm about to enter high school, right? So, so, what, so what I do... Was I would go on Napster uh, and I would download these CDs. You would recreate the same list that was on the ones that you went and bought at Best Buy. That's right. <laughs> you would straight out create That's what right. they wanted for $12. <laughs> and I would put it on. And I was selling these things like you couldn't. You could not sell them as fast his as I was selling them. He would get at school. His backpack would be look like he's full of books. You know, with that full shit of CDs, of man. CDs, <laughs> I made, I made, uh, gosh, I think by dude. the time, you know what put me out of business? It didn't break or anything like that. I'd been doing it for such a long time, for a year or two. 
that computers started coming out with their own burners, their own burners, burners yeah. on the tower. Burners, yeah. And so people could do it themselves. Yeah. If, if they were technologically savvy, they could theoretically do it themselves. But by the time <laughs> that came to fruition in 2002 or whatever the case may be, I had made like a couple grand off that. Pay back my mother uh, and and had a little. Yeah, that was my first first of many, 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 many. I remember uh, like side hustles, dude. Yeah, I yeah. Did it. You fucking did it. I always wanted money in my pocket, man. And I was like, I'm going to work for it, you know? So what do I need to do to to work for the money? And yep. Yeah. And that's probably what blew up your network so bad, too. By the time sure. you were graduating high school, you knew every person you know, in the fucking like, high school. Like, hey, I want this CD. Yeah. Eminent, like, hey, a em- thousand kids. Yeah. A th- we graduated with a thousand. A that's little right. over a thousand. Yeah, something like that. We were that. the first ones that went over a thousand. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of freaking kids. Oh, I want this Eminem CD. I'm like, I'll get you this Eminem CD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll get you Don't this Eminem CD. No, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it for you. Uh, I got one right now gosh. in my backpack. Did you ever get like you? Uh, were, did, did you create now CDs before there was now? No, I never got into that. Imagine these compilations. These comp. No, I just did see people wanted yeah. right. whatever the CD was. Right. right? Yeah. I want this Ice Cube CD or I want this yeah. CD. They didn't want mashups i did that for girls here here listen to the cd yeah. these songs make me think of you oh! <laughs> and we all did that right we dubbed a tape or a cd you did that was i the only oh. one no i did that all yeah freaking today. you dub a tape oh, right no, of skips course. of course yeah just like yeah the- freaking hilarious. all these sappy love songs i made you a mixtape you know yeah. here's a track list right the track list on the little <laughs> yeah outside cover of the tape right. or the cd right. yeah yeah that's the only time i did that yeah. ridiculous this is how you make me feel. girls <laughs> this is how yeah especially track eight you're really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right let's uh let's do this dude so yeah you you're freaking going in and and you're you're intentionally making yourself uncomfortable by competing in what's called the death race can you just give us a rundown real quick yeah. and, and what we're talking about yeah which death race is it also Okay, so it's a Spartan death race, and um, it's billed as, you know, one of, if not the toughest race out there. Um, Joe DeSena, this is a, a brainchild of Joe DeSena, who is a founder and CEO of Spartan. Okay. It's on his personal ranch in Vermont. Okay. And it's a, it's, a, it's a race that happens twice a year, one in the wintertime, one in the summer, so semi-annual. Okay. There's no defined distance, there's no defined time, and there's no uh, published obstacles. So you come there uh, with a set of pre-instructions, and it could be, you know, it could be 24 hours, it could be 96 hours. And, uh, you know, you don't, again, unknown distance unknown terrain what in the hell and so you're just there sort of you know flying blind if you will now obviously there's going to be drinking stations there's going to be eating stations like maybe maybe not you might have to pack that you might have to pack all that right tell you each yeah and each each death race is very different from the year prior and so they mix it up so you can't really glean what you're gonna do based on what has been done Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um it has an extremely high attrition rate, as you could probably imagine, and uh, and then that's it. It's last last people standing, right? You just Jeez. you try to go until the end. So this is as far as intentional discomfort goes. I think this is about uh, about as extreme as it gets. I really like Joe. 
If you ever listen to any of his podcasts or his new show, uh, No Retreat, um, I really like and I'm in, in sync with his values and beliefs as a person. Uh, in addition, I really like Spartan as an organization. I think they run fantastic, facilitate fantastic races. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of com camaraderie. There's a lot of esprit. There's a lot of, you know, it's just fun when you do a Spartan race. And so this is their their extreme end, right? This is this is on their extreme end. But they do races all over the country. All over the world. Yeah. What? All over the world. And you can do anything from a, a 5K, 3.1 yeah. mile with 20 obstacles, wow. all the way to their, you know, you can do their ultra, which is a 50K with 60 obstacles, which I, I did last them, month. Has anybody died at a Spartan race? Not that I know of. I mean, people, mm -hmm. individuals will get injured because you are going over, under, through obstacles. Right. Yeah. Monkey bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, you can... Go, go ahead, Skips. I have to read this because I just pulled it up on the website. And just like, I was kind of like just skimming through it as you were going, but this is what the website says. Death races take place in unexpectedly challenging terrain of the Green Mountains in and around Pittsfield, Vermont, and have lasted over 70 hours. We provide no support. We don't tell you when it starts. We don't tell you when it ends. We don't tell you what it will entail. We want you to fail and encourage you to quit at any time. Yeah. And if you if if you watch the very limited media of death of previous death races, I think it I think it exactly falls on that line. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're not there to it, this isn't a race that they want you to necessarily pass. You have to fly in the face of adversity and 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 get after it. And you, wow. you're either going to have that physical and mental toughness or you're not. And if you don't, they're unapologetic unapologetic about it <laughs> and they take your bib you get a bib a race bib yeah. it says death race in your number they take your bib and you're sent packing and there you go and that's it and if you finish there's no fanfare you get a skull that's your that's your finisher's medal is a skull yeah. so that's it man so i'm gonna try my hand at it and i'm wow. gonna i'm gonna go there with uh with the expectation that it's gonna be very challenging going to push my boundaries both physically and mentally and i really like what joe says he says you get to meet yourself and i love that because wow. you get to meet your true your true self like when you strip it all away yeah and you're not in a comfy cozy serpentosphere <laughs> it's not that comfortable it's comfortable <laughs> and you're and you strip it all away and you're cold and you're yeah. wet and you're tired right who are you yeah who are you when, when that happens what are you made of what's your metal and uh and that's meeting yourself right wow. and that's tough jeez dude yeah uh you know you do it i think most well everybody does it it has to everybody has to have that event or those events that time no matter how cush your job is no matter how you know handled your life is to given to you or you know how rough it is you know, everybody finds out who the heck you are at the end of at some point. Some point you do. Yeah. Some point you do, and and the great thing about it is there's there's different barriers for for each person, right? What it takes for this person to really know themselves, mm -hmm. maybe less more mm -hmm. than what it takes this person. But everybody has that, and I think that everybody should get there. Yeah. Doesn't have to be necessarily with a race. It it could just right. be 
with you trying something that you've right. never tried before. Start a business. Start a business. Start a business. And when you strip it all away and your your business is floundering right. and you're in the red and you're working 60-hour weeks, 70-hour weeks to try to get this thing off the ground, do you fold? Do you pack it in? Right. Because you've met yourself and your, your true self goes, this ain't for me. I'm going to go back to the job that I had where I was making a decent living. Right. Or do you double down and go, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yep. everybody should experience that <sighs> meeting your true self yep. and looking at that person and going, I like what I see yep, or I, or I dislike what I see. Sure. Let me work on that. Yeah. Let me break down these barriers. <clears throat> Reminds me of a quote. Somebody uh, wrote up saying, uh, just impress the eight year old you and the 60 year old you Ooh. or the 80 year old you eight okay. year old and the 80 year old you. you know, yeah. Always keep that in mind. Always keep your, you know, make them impressed. Yeah. Do it for them. Make them proud. That's the mindset you got to have, I guess. I mean, that's just a way to put it. Yeah. 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 And, and at the end of the day, you what's great about these these type of events is uh, you, could, you could opt out at any time. You just say, I quit. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, they'll, they'll want that. Sure. And so it's really, it's even tougher because you don't have them going, no, 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 you're not quitting. You ain't done yet. There's none yeah, of that. Yeah. Right. They're going, hey, yeah. if you want to end the pain, just give me the bib, man. You're done. Yeah. And so it, yeah. they make it so easy. And yeah. so you you have to go against that grain and go, no, I refuse. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep moving one foot plot and one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Mental yeah. discipline, physical discipline. I was going to say, and it's even tougher that you don't have this defined endpoint, right? Because, you know, when there's a defined endpoint, you're like, hey, I'm halfway <laughs> I'm there. Almost there. Like, I'm almost there. Like, I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm you like, don't even know. Yeah. I'm you don't know. Stretch. You're just like, you could be, you know, 100 feet from the finish line or you could be, you know, 48 hours away from the finish line. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Gosh. That's what makes it the unknown, right? Because when you have known distances or times, you have that hope there, right? I could look yeah. at my watch and go, all right. 15 more miles and I'm done. Let's just count it in fives. Five more yeah. miles, 10 more miles, 15. Yeah. Unknown is just more uh, mentally taxing. But again, that is supposed to tax you both physically and mentally. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's literally there for people around the world, anyone that wants to and is right. willing to come and basically sharpen their metal. That's it. That's yeah. why that event exists. That's it. Like just come in and, and know where you are physically and mentally right now in your life. Do you come and make it one hour? Because yeah. some people will show up and the first hour they quit. Maybe that's enough for them, and right? or maybe it wasn't. But that what what's their was their endpoint, and now they need to no, go back and work right. on that. Right. Right? Yeah. right. Maybe they go. No, I had more in the tank. Why did I? Yeah. Why did I let myself? Do you make it forty eight hours? Do you make it to the end? Yep. Do you get injured and now you need to work on that physical aspect? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think meeting your truest self. Wow. Like Joe says, yeah. you're going to meet yourself. Uh, I think there's something unique about that for sure and and really cool about for sure meeting yourself i was gonna say yeah and just like you said putting like not knowing the end point because you know when like like playing in a soccer match right like i know i have 90 minutes right i know what my body is capable of doing in that period so this is how i'm going to allocate my energy right so when you don't have that end point and you don't know the obstacles that are in front of you like like you said hey you turn a corner and it's like oh now like i'm I'm looking at this image here. Now I'm army crawling in mud under barbed wire, right? Yeah, I think they had to do that obstacle. I think they had to do that for like 12 hours Holy straight. Shit. 
Yeah. You crawl through mud under barbed wire for 12 It was hours. set up in a shape of a track, but a lot smaller. It wasn't 400 meters around. It was uh -huh. a lot smaller uh -huh. in mud. And that was one part. That wasn't just the whole death race. That was one part. I think they just had to do it for 12 hours. They set the Guinness World Record. Guinness was out there for that event in that death race. I forget which year it was. What? For the longest continuous low crawl <laughs> under barbed wire. This is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, a lot of people, are you here, uh, at least I have in my lifetime, like, you know, it should be mandatory for every high school graduate to go to the military, you know, get two years yeah, in, that, you know, yeah. you're going to teach them this, <clears throat> you're going to teach them that, you know, and, and it, you're doing it for a good cause. You have compassion sure. in there for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they should just go do this fucking Spartan race, dude. Like you learn it all in about 24 to 96 hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. At least right there. There's other, there's other distance. There's, well, there's distance because, you know, death race doesn't have a defined distance, but there's known distance Spartan races that I think kind of put that check in the box. Nah, I think can't, you know, it has to be unknown. You have unknown, to have just kind of do, do the unknown. Some of their long distance events are, like I said, I did their Spartan Ultra last month and that was 30 miles, 60 obstacles through the mountains. That's challenging. That, uh, that again, known distance. I know when it's going to end. So there's yeah. something to be said about that, but that was not. That was not easy, right? That was challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's but so we'll so, see. So Troy was saying, like, you can't just I can't just show up to this event and compete, right? Like you there's a series of steps that you need to do. I don't know if you talked about that while I was gone. Yeah. So there's but, a lot of pre-instructions, one of which is uh to be on a podcast for this year, this particular year, one of which is to be on a podcast or get published in a local newspaper. Uh, talking about the death race. So reached out to Troy and said, hey, would you have me on? And that doesn't need to be the entirety of our discussion, but, you know, we could talk about the death race. Right. And uh, so, yeah, so there, you can't, you're right, you can't just show up. You got to sign up. And then <clears throat> there starts to trickle out some pre-instructions. Then eventually they'll have a gear list, which they haven't published yet. And, you know, eventually they'll have a general time at which to show up. And so all that'll be within the, you know, the coming yeah. months. So it's pretty ingenious, dude. You know, yeah. Build in the advertising for the event, which, yeah. you know, it's, it's not now knowing more about it and knowing this guy and hopefully doing a podcast with this guy. Oh, uh, Joe's name? great. Joe. Joe DeSena. Joe DeSena. He is awesome, man. He, he, he's been on Joe Rogan. He's done a number of oh, interviews. Oh, dude. Then he's got to be on the fucking PBE podcast, yeah. dude. Yeah. He's, I mean, come on. He's, on. Uh, <laughs> he's awesome. Awesome guy. Yeah. Seems like it. You're pushing, you're pushing something that at the end of the day is, is definitely beneficial. You know, it's, you're not yeah. trying to hurt them. You're not trying to mentally beat them down. You know, you're just letting someone go out there, whatever they are in their life, wherever they are, however they feel and test themselves, test right. themselves on this crazy mm -hmm. event that they put together. Well, and lie. Joe has said as much. He's, he's, he's said he's taken a stand against the, the sedentary American lifestyle inside on uh, devices all day. It's like, we're not doing that. He has like mm -hmm. a mini death race for kids oh, cool. where he brings kids out and it's the same way. It's like, just wake up. Like yeah. this is life. They're out on the ranch right on. with hard manual labor. So yeah, that's his, that's his, his ideology. You could see it. You feel it. I, I definitely understand it more than I did mm -hmm. before. Yeah. I definitely understand the physical world. I think a little bit more than I did before after this show, man. And I, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your support of PBE always being there, man. Always effing being there. Yeah. Appreciate it. Always will be. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Right on, brother. Skippo. Dude, it's been a pleasure.